Welcome to the Kerrville Bible Church Podcast, where we seek to encourage and equip you for the work of ministry by taking a pastoral look at a variety of biblical and theological topics. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to learn how you can submit a question for us to answer on the podcast. Well, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Toby Baxley, your host, and I'm joined as almost always in uh, studio by my uh, esteemed co-hosts, uh, Scott Christensen, who uh, has a little bit of news. Uh, his book, What About Evil, uh, was just released in audiobook format. So, uh, Praise God. Yeah. Now we don't have to read it. <laughs> you just listen to it every now and then. Yeah, there's no excuse now. You can, if you have ears to hear, uh, pick it up on Audible or uh, wherever you get audiobooks, except for Christian Audio, of course, because I haven't found it there yet. But I'll keep looking. Uh, and then uh, JC McKnight, what, you got books in front of you. What's going on here? <laughs> well, is this for the a... podcast? No. Oh, no, this is just so that I take them home and oh, and work gotcha. on them. So I have a big problem. Book a small book. <laughs> I do have a big problem. A lot of them. Uh, a small book about a big problem. You know, the one that was the book of the month that everybody mm-hmm. loved. So I thought I got to read this, see what everybody's talking about. And then I announced to my brothers this morning to rejoice with those who rejoice. I have finished uh, volume one of Calvin's Institutes, uh, about nine hundred pages. Finished that last night, and so I came to my office to get volume two. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's heavy. Did you hear it's that? Big. It's weighty. It's very heavy. Another 800 pages. Wow. All right. And Murray, there you are. A uh, water bottle in front of me because uh, I don't want my mouth to get dry during the podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, we are talking today about a, uh, we're kind of di- diving in the deep end uh, again today with a theological topic about uh, God's love, his holiness, his justice, his mercy. And how all those things balance out, and uh, why we tend to get them out of balance. And um, I don't really even know how to start. Um, but uh, I know because in the devotional, Scott basically blew up your topic. Yeah, he basically taught us very well that we were asking the wrong question. Okay, right? Because we were yeah. going to contrast justice with God's love, mm-hmm. and that's not even the right question. Yeah, according to Professor yeah. Christensen, because <laughs> love is an expression of justice, or justice can be expressed as an act of love. And so, we, you know, I think what you what we summarized or came to was the question is really between mercy mm-hmm. and justice. Yeah, uh, between withhold mercy, which is withholding justice, or justice. Yeah, is that is that right? I mean, is that can we put yeah, that as, I, as far I, as the tension or the question? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, part of it was spurred from from our devotional this morning, which was in, in Romans 9, where we read about God's loving Jacob but hating Esau. And and the, the question that immediately, that Paul anticipates is going to immediately arise in the reader of that statement is that there's somehow injustice in God. Right, because if God loved Jacob, well, that's presumably a just thing to do. And if he hated Esau, well, then that seems to suggest there's some kind of injustice in God. 
and uh, but it's not. You know, love is actually uh, an expression of justice, but in this case, um, justice isn't even really the question. The question is grace or mercy versus justice, right. and um, and so so we often get those things confused. We think that love and and grace are always synonymous, and that somehow that's always to be distinguished for, between you know with justice. Now, yes, mercy and justice are not synonymous, um, but love is often expressed either as justice or as mercy. So, love's a bigger a bigger category than grace and mercy, right? I mean, grace and mercy are subsets or expressions of love. But when we talk about God's love, aren't we talking about something that's bigger and, in a sense, a bigger umbrella than than equating it with grace, right? So grace is a, is a function or a, an expression of God's love, but so is justice, that's right. Right. That's so right. we got to think of, we got to expand how, how we think about love. It's not synonymous with grace and mercy. They're subsets. Uh, and, and so justice is part of, can be part of God's love. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. God does not take off his, his justice hat in order to exercise love. And he doesn't take off his love hat in order to exercise justice because right. the hat is love. And under it comes grace and mercy and mm-hmm. or justice, right? Yeah. And I think that's where we're, we're getting into the uh, idea that God does not have attributes, right? Because attributes can, can balance. There's kind of like a zero-sum game with attributes, um, uh, but God has perfections. You know, every every attribute if if you will of god is to the full he's fully loving fully merciful fully just fully holy it's it's kind of all under the uh the broad umbrella of god's holiness right yeah god is never less just than being perfectly just right god is never less loving than being perfectly loving i mean god is perfect love um, so, so yeah, we often make these artificial distinctions and, and, you know, misrepresent some of these distinctions this is, as well. This is where in theology we get to the concept of God as a simple being. Mm-hmm. We are complex, but God is a simple being. He's not a pie and he's slices of these attributes. Uh, in God's being, everything is true about God all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and that's what's meant by a simple a simple being. There's no conflict inside of God. There's no complexity uh, inside of God as to um, that that we experience in our finiteness and in our creatureliness. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have those challenges, if you will. So his being is is one of simplicity, in that everything about God is true about God always. And they're not competing with each other. They're not in. Con- they're not in contrast. They're not in. Co- they're not in conflict with each other. He's never conflicted 
<laughs> versus us. We are we're, always we're conflicted. Always, yeah. always. We, we right? live in a place yeah. of conflict. Yeah. 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 We, and so that's that's uh, and that's just the, that's also part of the incomprehensibility of God. Yeah. Uh, because He's not like us. He's He's He is utterly unique in a category of one. He is not like us. And so we're made in his image, but he's not like us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think, you know, he's incomprehensible. He's a simple being. And so when we start trying to get into these things of of God's love versus God's justice. We're, we're almost in, in uh, an impossible ground yeah. in some ways. You, yeah, you said something earlier to, this morning that we get into this this rut of an either or. Yeah. Either he's this or he's this. Either he's this or he's this. Either we read that statement, Jacob, I loved Esau, hate either loves or he hates, and, and we get in this either or, and that is the conflict within our own soul <laughs> that God doesn't have. He doesn't have that conflict, right? right. Right. Yeah. The either or fallacy. Now, I, I think there's an a, you know important distinction that coming back to this question, going back to the Romans nine passage. You know, really, what Paul is dealing with there is not the justice of God per se. Uh, you know, as if somehow by saying that he hates Esau, he's being unjust, or that he's being just by by loving Jacob, but rather it has to do with God's freedom. Right, ultimately, because because justice is always an obligation of God, because that's who He is. Right, right. It's an expression, you know, love or justice is really an expression of that characteristic of God that maybe emphasizes His His love and righteousness. You know, again, not to try to divide up the attributes of God. We just talked about that, <laughs> but but that is a particular emphasis in in that regard. But but what Paul is doing here is saying that that God is is always obligated to His justice, but He is not obligated to express grace and mercy. Yeah. Okay. So so grace and mercy is always part of the freedom, God's sovereign freedom. Uh, which is why Paul goes on to say, you know, I'll have compassion on whom I have compassion. I'll have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will harden whom I desire, and so forth. Right. And, and so that's so there. He's getting into the freedom of God to express mercy, which he is under no obligation to express. He's always obligated to express his justice, and even incidentally, when he expresses his grace, for example, in salvation. He is not doing that at the expense of his justice. What he's doing is that his justice is now being redirected to sinners, to the one who bears our sin, which is Christ. And so Christ takes the wrath, he takes the justice, he takes the judgment that we deserved in order for God in his freedom to extend grace to us who should have deserved justice. So for that passage that is a big stumbling block for a lot of people when you get to Romans 9, the love-hate there of uh, Jacob Esau, really it's as if Paul is saying, and, and the Word of God is saying, Jacob I have sovereignly chosen, Esau I have rejected. Jacob I have decided to set my favor upon, Esau I have passed over and let him go his own, his own way. Uh, Jacob will get grace, something he does not deserve. Esau will be allowed to pursue what he wants, and he will get what he deserves from that pursuit. Um, versus the the sheer emotion of those two words that we conjure up, uh, it, it's really I have selected, 
and I have rejected. And because I'm sovereign God, and you are fallen sinners, and because God is in this place of freedom to do that. Because anytime we say grace and mercy, that's in a the backdrop is sin. Yeah. Right. The yeah. backdrop is is going to be a sinful condition. Uh, so you know, if we keep that in mind, then that's not a stumbling block. And I think that's that's where Paul goes in the rest of the argument. Obviously, there's vessels of mercy and there's vessels of wrath, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's 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 sovereign. He's free to choose whom he wishes. Well, that's the con- context of that verse. Is with verse go back to verse eleven. And in the New Living Translation, it says, but before they were born, before they had done anything good or bad, mm-hmm. she received a message from God, speaking about Jacob and Esau's mom. This message shows that God chooses people according to his own purposes. He calls people, but not according to their good or bad works. Right? And so it's his yeah, choice. Yeah, so his, his choosing of Jacob is not somehow because Jacob was more attractive yeah, to him. It or he not. was, you know, He's I mean, Jacob was a scoundrel. A we know that. Anyway, worse, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. You know, and, and so that language is used to show the stark uh, freedom of God yeah, sure. in his mercy. And, and it's a humbling thing. And if it doesn't humble you, then I don't think you've properly understood the nature of what's going on here because none of us deserves mercy. Yeah. So is there a practical bent to all of this in, uh, in the podcast topic? Is there a uh, – does this get into social justice or parenting or when do we show mercy versus when, do, when should we insist on justice? Well, I think, I we, think a lot of that has to do with how we think about God. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're the ones who tend to get these out of balance, right? And so, what are the implications of um, maybe emphasizing God's justice over His mercy? Okay, so well, <clears throat> you get hard, you get hard, you get harsh. You become a Pharisee, um, legalistic, thinking that you have to please Him somehow by your performance, right? Or, or you're, you know, you're you're unyielding on anyone else around you. You're, you know, you have expectations of others are too high, judgmental. Um, you know, if it's parenting, you become super critical, super harsh, find everything that's wrong with what the child's done versus so, what's so right. So, with that. Uh, my comment to one of my kids uh, just two days ago was that, no, 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 this is not a democracy. This is a dictatorship. That was probably pharisaical in nature. <laughs> did did, no, did you add, did you add the word benevolent dictatorship? <laughs> no, there was no, no benevolent. Strict, I said, this is not a democracy. You're not voting. <laughs> right. I, this is yeah. a dictatorship. I told my kids that. Like, this isn't a democracy. Yeah. We, we let you have input, but yeah. this is, we're not voting on anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that's very loving. Right? Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah. So that was... That was loving justice. <laughs> yes. Good. Uh, and then on the other side, what, what do we have if we overemphasize the forgiveness and the and the mercy of God uh, to the exclusion of His holiness and so, justice? So I have a funny illustration that came up in our Awana training on Sunday. Somebody asked, so we do, you know, the kids get these Awana bucks as they memorize verses and they come and they, they earn money every single week and they keep their Awana bucks. It's play money, you know. Uh, they keep them in these little zipper holder thingies and, and they accumulate this 
this pile of Awana money throughout the semester until it's time for the Awana store, and then they can go spend their bucks and buy great toys that bribery Linda, that Linda Perkins bribery has. bribery. Well, for no, the they, word don't of God. go down okay. that path. Okay. That gets a soft subject here for me. <laughs> so the question came up in the group: What happens? Because it's going to happen. Happens every year. Some child's going to lose their their packet of Awana money. What do we do when they lose the money? And, um, I, you know, there was just silence for about <laughs> five seconds. And I was just like, I'd, I'd say that child just learned a valuable lesson. <laughs> and the other side of yeah. it was, no, I mean, I kind of, this child, I know I can kind of recalculate how much they have earned by this point. And, you know, shouldn't we just give them the money again? And, and, uh, and so that was the merciful route, right? And yeah. then, and then I'm over here going, no, heck, no! These kids are <laughs> these are fourth and fifth graders. This is the time for them to learn. You got to keep up with your stuff. If you can't yeah. keep up with your stuff, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we need to print on those Awana bucks. <laughs> Treat this like cash. <laughs> if you lose it, it's gone. But it's this perfect example of one side of the room wanted to show mercy to such a child, and you know they're children. <laughs> Go easy on them, and another uh, side is just like, mm. uh, so I guess it'll be case by case, leader by leader, we'll decide. But we all talking about one of my kids. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was uh, possibly the kid. The child's name was not disclosed. Okay. Was, uh, <laughs> See, sometimes I think that that. You know, this is you know this is obviously true in parenting. It's true in every aspect of our Christian lives. You know, where do we? Where does it seem appropriate to show mercy? Where does it seem appropriate to to know we're going to lay down the law yeah. here? Uh, and a lot of times, it's it's a matter of wisdom. But I think that if you're always doing one to the exclusion of the other, that's unhealthy and it's not helpful in terms of encouraging proper growth in in your children, for example. You know, because if they always if if they're always being shown mercy and grace, then they come to expect it as an obligation, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't understand the demands of a, a holy and a righteous God or right. or holy and righteous standards, right. right? But if you always you know are going down the route of no, we're going to lay down the law every single time, and grace and mercy is never expressed. Then they're crushed under the weight of the burden of the law and of their sin, such that they see no hope. And and so there is that that necessity for a balance for people to see both the weight of God's holiness and His righteousness and His His unbending standards of of moral perfection mm-hmm. that is represented in His own character and in the law. And yet, the freedom that he expresses by showering us with this overwhelming grace and mercy. And, and so, we got to see both those pictures of right. God if we're yeah. going to see the full picture of right. what he has right. done, especially in the work of redemption. And right. That's the cross. You just described the mm-hmm. cross, right? You described yeah. what Jesus did yeah, and what God did in Christ at the cross, and even the crosshairs of the cross of that coming together, you know? Mm-hmm. Romans 3, demonstration of his righteousness. Romans 5, 8, demonstration of his love. Same event, same person, same God, all in one moment of time. Mm-hmm. We, have, we got some scriptures on our wall in here in our, in our studio, and one of them is that famous Micah, uh, what is it, 6, six eight. 8? Yeah, Micah 6, 8. Act justly, love mm-hmm. mercy, walk humbly with your God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's what... That's exactly what you're talking about in a parenting context. I mean, there it is. It's all like right there in one verse. 
but they're not in conflict. They're like, somehow they're all married together in one verse of Scripture. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Mm-hmm. Wow. When you guys get that figured out, please come and tell me <laughs> how you did it. So, I mean, that is so hard right there for human beings because we are bent one way or the other, right? Yeah. I mean, aren't, aren't nearly, we come into this world and we are, we are yeah. wired and bent toward I'm a justice person, black and white, right and wrong, or I'm a mercy person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. It's all right. So th- and this is where you get into like the whole subject of, of licentiousness versus legalism, yep, right? right? The legalism would emphasize law only, law, law, law. Licentiousness would would you know be completely tolerant, you freedom. know, and you know, freedom, <laughs> freedom and grace, and we yeah, do whatever you want, you know, and and so if we don't rein both those things in, and we get in balanced, as you you know, and I right. think that's part of what you were mm-hmm. you know expressing. I think it would be interesting yeah. for our hearers to hear which way we all lean. How we're all bent. Well, I, I lean. Depends on the day. I lean. No, I, I lean the right way. <laughs> yeah, well. So, yeah. Justice, I mean, it's, it's, right? Of course. Justice, yes, right sir. Way. Let's go. Justice is That's the it. right way. Righteousness uh-huh. is in that word. I mean, That's what it means. In there. Yeah. Right. Righteousness. <laughs> justice. I, I've so discovered in my own life that I have been able to perfectly balance these, these two things, uh, de- depending uh, on what. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It depends on the day. It really does. Um, And, you know, I I think you bring up a good point, Scott, in in that we're talking about, you know, if you have a low view of God's holiness and righteousness, you're going to you're going to err on the side of licentious. Mm-hmm. You know, and then if you if you have a low view of God's grace, you're going to err on the side of legalism. And really, if you look at that, both of those both of those ways are a, a, a way to reject God. Mm-hmm. You've got what what you've got is a is just a disobedient disobedience, and then you've got an obedient obe- a disobedience. Yeah, you know, but they're both disobedient to to God because you know God's and, and it's not somewhere in between either. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't medicate licentiousness with legalism. You yeah. don't. You don't right. medicate licentiousness with the law. They're both wrong. Yeah, and, vi- and vi- vice versa. You don't. You don't treat legalism with hey, go go out and sin a little, live it up yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the. That's <laughs> right. not the answer. And it's it's not even in between. It's something yeah. completely other. The because, gospel's completely yes, because other. Yes, because they're both distortions of what is true. So we don't want to add distortion upon distortion yeah. to try to balance. You You're know, just describing the out. older son and the prodigal son. Yeah, right. That's what that. That's what that is. And yeah, uh, yeah that's the that's the the trap. The two the two extremes are traps. Yeah. And, not good. <laughs> right. I love I mean I love that parable because the father goes out to both of them. Yeah. Um and I think that's where we have to meet we have to meet with God somewhere other right. than where we uh, you know where we are. You said in our devo that's why we need the Bible. Yeah. You know because we are we are probably hardwired, you know, come into this world probably leaning one way or the other. And then our our upbringing our parent, our parents, and our influences, you know, do something to that to that deal as well. Personality, personality comes into play. All of our, our formative influences that came to bear on our life, and and so you 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 said earlier. I mean, this is why we need the Bible because we're all 
out of whack. And mm-hmm. it may be like hard bent that way. Like Murray and I are probably pretty hard that way, <laughs> or it may be a day to day thing. But but we need we need the whole Bible to start bringing that balance, mm-hmm. just yeah. like that one verse. You yeah, know, what, a, what an incredible verse. Yeah, well, because our, in our in our finite sinful uh, nature of humanity, we're we tend to have a God made in our own image, yeah. a, a, an image of Jesus that's either, you know, you see the, uh, the photos of the, the Jesus with the thumbs up, you know, it's like anything goes, buddy, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, hey, I, man, I love sinning and Jesus loves to forgive. This is a great arrangement. And then you've got the Jesus of the, you know, the harsh, stern Jesus with the pointed finger. And uh, neither of those is correct. You know, I, I love what Dane Ortland says in uh, Gentle and Lowly, he says, the posture of Jesus is not the pointed finger, but open arms. And it's not the two thumbs up either. It's not, hey, whatever you want to do, that's fine. It's come to me. You're a sinner, but if you'll come to me, I will will accept you. I will forgive you. Jesus says, you know, in in John, no one who comes to me, uh, anyone who comes to me, I will in no way cast out. And so he is ultimately um, merciful to those who come to him. Yeah. Those who don't think they need to come to him, he's he's nothing to them. He'll he'll be their judge. Yeah. Yeah. This is how sinful we are, or okay, how sinful hey, I speak am. Speak for yourself. How right. sinful I am is I because of my bent. I'll actually read the Bible with that bias in mind. I'll actually read the Bible, read the same word that someone who is on the other side of the spectrum or coin, and I will read it with the bias of justice and righteousness and and legalism and pharisaical, right? I'll read it. That's how sinful I am. Uh And then I get to the softer, loving, feeling passages and be like, well, yeah, that's for someone else, you know? (laughs) And shame on me. You know, we've brought this, this has come up in the last few months, just the indictment, even on myself as a pastor and a dad, of not talking about the love of God more, right? Not preaching about, because what is the greatest expression of love is the sacrifice of his own son. For me, I mean, that is just right. crazy, right? right? But even the sinfulness of my own mind and bent and personality is one that reads the scripture even from a biased point of this, yeah, justice, mm-hmm. righteousness, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. discipline, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about the balance of the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. book of Acts. Chapter 2, God pours out his grace and 3,000 are saved. They're pierced, they're cut to the heart. Convicted. Peter's telling them, you crucified your Messiah. They're convicted. What must we do to be saved? Repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. Wash away your sins. Great promise. God saves 3,000. Is it chapter 3 or 4? Another 2,000. Chapter, is it 5 or 6? Ananias and Sapphira. (laughs) 5. Ananias and Sapphira. They come. They could have kept. They could have kept the land. They chose to sell it. They could have kept all of the money. They chose to give some of it. That's all fine. But they pretended that it was all of it, right? They lied to the apostles, lied to God, lied to the Holy Spirit, and God strikes them dead on the spot, both of them. Wow. So here's all this grace and mercy. Chapter 5, here's some justice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's at the headwaters of the church, and God is sending a message to the church. 
you know, that this, this body of people has to live by a higher standard. Yeah. You are called to holiness. And he's not going to kill every Christian, professing Christian, that lies. <laughs> We'd all be dead. He could. Yeah. He could. We'd all be dead. He, he chose to kill those two to send a message, to make an example of them uh, early on. And so, I mean, right there, you know, in a book like Acts, you see both sides. Mm-hmm. And the lessons are amazing because not only is he communicating to us that we must be pure and holy, yep. but he's also communicating, don't take for granted my grace and mercy, right. you know, which could easily happen and does easily happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, good discussion. Thank you. Um, and uh, we'll be back again, Lord willing for uh, more uh, edifying, stimulating discussion. And uh, please do send us your questions. We want to answer. We want to be a resource for you. We want to talk about the things that, that, that are on your heart, your mind. And so listen to the end to get our, our phone number, our email. Well, I'm just going to call uh, in right that. now because I have two things on my mind that I want us to talk about. Okay. Future broadcasts. All right. Christian Freedom. And spiritual pride. Christian freedom, spiritual pride. We'll put that on the list. All right. Scott, would you close us in prayer? Father, we, we are in awe of uh, who you are. That Father, in your love, in your righteousness, in your holiness, Lord, you never compromise your justice. And yet, Father, in your sovereign freedom, you have poured out your grace and your mercy upon us who are undeserving, Father, ill-deserving sinners. And Lord, what an amazing reality that is. Father, I pray that you would help us to, to see this balance between your justice, your holiness, Lord, your righteousness, and your mercy and your grace, uh, Father, as expressions of who you are, so that we could live our lives in, a, in, in reflection of who you are. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Kerrville Bible Church Podcast. In future episodes, we would like to answer your biblical, theological, or pastoral questions. Send them to us via email at questions at kerrvillebiblechurch.org or leave us a text or voicemail at 830-321-0349.